Soy Eddie Segura y suscríbete a Guantén Fútbol. What's up, everybody? We got a really great show coming up for you today. A lot to talk about. Uh, Vince, I think you missed your line there. Uh, do you want to tell them what's going on for the show? You're silently protesting until Pro apologizes. Or Don Garber. They know what they did. All right, if you're not going to talk, then how are we going to do the show? This is already going to be a really interesting show today. Let's see what happens. LAFC 360 starts right now. Hello everyone, come on in. I know what you're wondering, you're hearing my voice, what happened here? Well, two things. One, I was told I was never, ever going to get an apology from Don Garber. And two, they said if I didn't talk, I wouldn't get paid. Uh, but we've had a couple of days to let it all sink in. And today we're going to pick up the pieces together to help me do that from Defenders of the Bank. Philly is here. What's going on? I'm glad you guys equipped me with this emotional support. Hello, yep. I'm going to need it today. Yep, grip it tight. <laughs> And just behind him, beyond him, Jessica Black here again. All three of us were at the match, so I think we are perfectly placed to break this down, and the chat is hot already. So this is going to be a really good show. I mean, without a doubt, obviously, we're all going to have to, like, relive a, a, a gut-punching moment. But if we're going to have to live through trauma, you want to be living through trauma with your best friends. And thank you for all those tuning in and seeing the questions. There's a lot of spice, a lot of fire on the table today. we got a ton of stuff to talk about. Are you going to hold that the whole show? I'm emotional. What do you want from me? I, All right. Well, at some I, point, please, I get crazy. Please you know I get crazy, Vince. Yeah, please use it for what it's for. <laughs> okay, so before we get into it, you guys, do not forget to subscribe to the channel and like the video. It helps us get found. And if you haven't been here before, welcome. We talk about LAFC, Angel City, world football, the MLS, everything. So make sure that you guys are liking and subscribing to the channel. It really helps us grow. Now, back to the show. Back to the show, which means right off the top, back to what's trending. You all know what's trending, but let's get to it with hashtag what's trending. You, nothing? You guys are the worst. <laughs> all right. That's because you didn't talk earlier. Well, guess, you made me do the heavy. Well, lift. you know what? Because you guys are just nonchalant over there, I'm going to bring in a heavy hitter. To help us discuss all the big storylines from Saturday's match, let's bring in the man who called the game on radio, the, LA, the, voice, the voice of LAFC on radio, Dave Denholm. Dave, welcome to the show. There he is. Everyone, good to be with you. Appreciate uh, it. Dave, before we go too far, I know that you are one of the biggest proponents of VAR. <laughs> and we're going to talk about it. Uh, but before we get your thoughts on VAR, and by the way, I'm being facetious for all of you LAFC fans out there. Uh, Dave, let's go ahead and let's let, let's let Pro get out their thoughts, and then I want to get yours. So let's, let's take a look at what Pro had to say about what they did with VAR this past weekend. Okay, right. Point, yes. okay, so right there, look. Okay. So yes. the, the guy in the middle, he's going to play it. Okay. And he's it, right here, right here. Yes, so he's, the touch there, yeah, and then the guy, and the guy that's offside, he's going to come back and play the ball. He's going to deflect off the right player, but he yes. doesn't play, so yes. it's a deflection, right? Correct. And right there, I have offside. Yep. Correct. Correct. Offside is my decision. There's no, nothing yeah, else. The, Perfect. Yeah, right, the other thing doesn't matter. Offside is the decision. Yep. Good job, Chris. Good job. 
<sighs> well, there's so many places to start with that. <laughs> yeah, where 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 to start? First and foremost, that was a big decision, as we all know. I've seen them take two minutes on a decision in the 23rd minute of the game about something that's meaningless almost in the, in the long run, that was for everything in the final seconds. And it was just like, Hey, I got dinner reservations. What's going on here. Okay. That's my decision. Let's go. Now I understand that they want this as quickly as possible normally. And that's fine. Totally get that. You do want to move the thing along as bad as the system is. It's a disgrace, but it, it is what we have. And maybe take a few more seconds to talk through that. Nick Depew right there. Did he not try to play that? Looked like he tried to play it to me and it hit him. So again, they just brushed that aside rather quickly. So that was a, yeah, that was a bit annoying to even get that explanation, if you will, from pro. I, I, honestly, Vince, sometimes I don't even want to see those. Just yeah. let it be. Well, here's, I don't need to see your explanation. You made the call. It's over. It's never going to change. Yeah, I mean, here's the most frustrating part of that. Besides, okay, uh, we'll talk about deliberate. We'll talk about what a save is and how that's not a, a deliberate motion. Uh, oh. But but to your point, Dave, yes, they went very quickly, but also the, just pat, like they're patting themselves on the back like they did such a great thing in that moment. And like you said, I didn't see much. I mean, why even bring the guy over to the monitor if he's just going to go, yep, cool, got it. Yeah, exactly. If it was that clear and obvious. Well, look, it was a huge moment. I get it. And let me be clear. By the letter of the law, the way these referees interpreted it, they made the right call. That is by the letter of the law as they saw it in the moment. I'm saying they might have missed a few things along the way with Nick Depew, especially. But even on that first move, then they tell you later it wouldn't have mattered, as you said, Vince, because he made a save. Mm -hmm. Now... I understand when a goalkeeper makes a save that that wouldn't switch out the offside potentially, right? Right. What, what's a defender doing there if not involved, being involved in the play? You know, I understand he made a save allegedly, but so you're telling me if that was 30 yards out, it would be it wouldn't be offside because it wasn't a shot that hit the defender and he tried to play. It doesn't make. Look by the rule, maybe you know 100. percent Okay, they're right, but the rule ridiculous. And that just points me back to VAR as a whole, frankly. And it has nothing really to do with that game, as painful as that was. Well, VAR it, is awful for the sport. And it just, it makes no sense because they still don't get everything right by any means. And it just drags the game down. Yeah, VAR is one of those things where it was meant to come in to take away some of that human error. But we, as we know, and not just particular for like this instance, just in general, there's still human error all up and through the whole VAR process. And yes. for me personally, I think when you get into these types of scenarios where it's such a big game and it's such a big moment in that game, we need an explanation like right then and there. I went home not knowing what had happened. And that's where maybe they need to get the referees to make an explanation on the pitch and say, this is what I came up with, I think referees should be held accountable and should have to come out after the game and explain because it takes too long. And I know I left um, that that stadium feeling like what just happened. I felt like we equalized. They do have pool reporters that are allowed. I think there's like mm -hmm. one or two pool reporters that can, if they want, if they maybe they have to petition someone. I don't know the exact like, way I, they have to go I about it. I believe they can send it in. Uh, the referees can decide to answer, though, or not. So they or don't. Or not. Yeah, or not. And, uh, and let's take, I have some more screenshots. This is what Pro put out 
on Twitter afterwards um, to kind of talk about it. Uh, Dave, your, your biggest talking point once again is by the letter of the law, it was correct. But I, but I think what, what you're saying and, and you're saying about VAR in general is we're messing up the start of it, the clear and obvious. And is that what I'm picking up from you? Exactly. Uh, you know, it, because they looked at it a certain way that, oh, it was so clear and obvious. The call, remember, on the pitch was a goal. We all know that, mm -hmm. right? That was the call. Now they go back and they made a mistake on how clear and obvious it was, frankly. That's my biggest beef with this whole thing. Again, they may have gotten it right by the letter of the law. Yes, okay, Galaxy win. My point being, though, the call on the pitch was a goal. Mm -hmm. And they just went in and said, oh, it's so clear and obvious. He's offside and Nick DePew didn't play the ball. Look at it again. Nick DePew clearly tried to play that ball. Well, and I'm going to say, if you right? have to put out three tweets... It's not very clear and obvious, right? Exactly. No, That's no. the point of it all. Now, again, if you want to change the system where they spend 10 minutes in there and get it right, quote unquote, which they still won't do 100% of the time, which is why this whole conversation is about VAR is so baffling to me. Basically, what they want to avoid is the hand of God, right? Diego Maradona mm -hmm. in the World Cup, hand of God. Then let's avoid those kind of plays. Anything else refer to the to the calls on the pitch by the assistant referee or the referee train them better make them better dump var i'm not talking about goal line technology we don't want to we don't want to miss goals in our sport there are few and far between at times in certain games right everybody always goes back to me well then you probably don't want goal line technology you, you old man and i'm like no that's fine put a little chip in a ball whatever it's easy you know we all can see whether it's a goal or not but this VAR and taking back plays on inches, inches. Mm -hmm. uh, what are we doing? What are we doing? And again, it has nothing to do with just this call. I've been, uh, you know, people on Twitter are attacking me for, oh, it's just because LAFC locks. Has nothing to do with that in terms of, I've been a staunch opponent of VAR since the moment it was announced. I don't understand why it's in our game. I really don't. You have, and well, we, we agree with you, not just on your greater point, but Let's talk about not just this call in this same game. So let's go to the Carlos Vela goal. Our chat is going crazy. They want to know your thoughts on this Carlos Vela goal. And one of the things that you said again was, by letter of the law, they may be right. Well, you know what? It's not letter of the law here, but the mandate is to keep your flag down so that VAR can do its job. Mistake one here. And now I'm looking at this yeah. screenshot, Dave. Uh, can you tell me clearer and obvious that he's on or offside there? I, look, no, he looks pretty not. on. Uh, the problem there becomes he put the flag up. Right. That's which, the problem. The which, assistant referee called it offside. Right. It'd be hard to overturn that. Which is By not, the letter of how VAR is handled, they got that right as well. Because the assistant referee called it offside, there's not enough there, I don't believe, to change that. I agree with that. Yeah. I think it's a bad call. He should have kept his flag down, and then there was no way they'd be able to change that call, quite frankly, with the with the video as it is. But they got words, it right by so getting it close. wrong. What are we doing? Yeah, I mean, it's exactly. They got it right by getting it wrong. Or maybe they, like, it's so close. What are we doing with this system then? And it's another problem with VAR, not to go too far off. But when they allow the assistant referee or demand that he doesn't put his flag up, he or she does not put their flag up quickly, right? In other words, you've got chances for injuries. You've got other things that can still happen amongst the play. It's just so stupid. If it's offside, put the flag up. Let's stop with this garbage. Oh, we have to wait and see how the play develops or finish it. It's just so 
absurd and it, it doesn't belong in our game. And one of the biggest beefs I have with it, again, goes beyond this call or this game. LAFC will survive. We'll get past it. You move on. It was a tough game, tough way to go out in the final minutes. Frankly, LAFC did not certainly deserve the full three points. Maybe they deserved a point. They battled back in the second half. I love that. It'll serve them well. So moving on beyond that, the whole problem with VAR is this is a game built on passion. And that takes it. When you have to sit there and go, yes, we scored. Did we score? Uh-oh, are they going to go to VAR? Oh, wait, hang on, guys. Don't throw the beer yet. Don't dance. Don't dance yet. What are we doing? This game is all built on passion and developing that passion within our fan base of the sport itself all over the world. And you're taking that away to a certain degree with all this uh, video-assisted replay nonsense. All right, so moving on from that, I think uh... – <laughs> We've had enough of the, the VAR conversations for now, but there's something else that we've been talking about a lot over the last couple of weeks when it comes to LAFC, and that's the slow starts. Do we have an answer for that? We started off slow again against the Galaxy, and it, it definitely cost us. We said it was going to cost us, and it cost us in a really huge game. So, Vince, any answers? I don't know. Dave, do you have anything on on that slow start, like, what are, you, what are your feelings on the I, – I, I've talked about it. I, I don't know because Steve makes such good adjustments at halftime. Like, why wouldn't you – sorry, I should phrase that differently. I do have to see Steve again. Uh, I'm, I'm just Careful. saying you think that if you can make those adjustments, you can do it before the game also. But what, what's your take on the slow starts? Yeah, I, look, we've had those before in the past, right? It seems like it's not uh, something that we haven't dealt with in the past or been dealing with for a little while. I don't, I don't know that there's a clear-cut answer in that other than you just have to keep coming out well-prepared for your opponent. Certainly, adjustments are part of the game, so you see what happens in the first half. You see what works. You see what doesn't. Uh, and I also think at times, you know, look, when you when you get broken down in, in soccer, it's not necessarily about a slow start. Maybe it's a good play on the opponent's behalf. Maybe, maybe it isn't. I thought Orlando moved the ball around very well, especially during that game. And did a good job. You know, I, I think the Galaxy were very opportunistic. Samuel Grancier had a couple of really nice passes early. And those led to goals within the first 30, 31 minutes. So it's not always just about a slow start. Remember, it's a 90-minute game, too. I understand slow starts are, are tough and can be. But you just have to kind of keep working the way you're working. And trust that you'll be able to get out of that. Now, if it, if it comes down to it where it's just like, even if it's just a small thing, Right at the beginning of a match, let's just get going. Let's try to do a couple of key things we focus on in the attack, maybe, to keep stay on the front foot. Maybe that has to be a part of it. But I don't think there's, like, any clear-cut answer or it's any, you know, players like, oh, it's that player's fault or this player's not ready from the starting whistle. I mean, you do have two teams on the pitch that are fired up and ready to play. So, at times, the other opponent, you know, your opponent's sometimes just, you know, going to be able to put a goal behind you early and you're just going to have to shake it off and, the good part is they've been able to shake those off so far. I mean, do you think in the first couple of seasons with LAFC, Dave, a lot of our problems stem from the fact that, you know, we would start off red hot and then we would slow down. We called it an 80th minute hex. I mean, with everything that you're seeing right now and the tactics that Steve has been employing, still kind of reiterating that Bob Bradley strategy, do you think much has changed in terms of how LAFC approaches a game? I do. I do. Um, I do think they're trying to be maybe a little more not – defensive but rather cautious especially early now maybe that's also hurting them on a certain level 
So maybe you do have to look at that, but I do think they want to kind of play into the game a little bit more with Bob, you know, it's let's go from the first whistle to the last. And I think Steve's trying to figure out his team still, frankly, and how they do respond, especially early in matches and to his style of play and the way he wants to attack a game. But I also do like the fact that we're finishing strong. Uh, Bottom line, the Galaxy were on the ropes. There's no two ways about it. Uh, You know, they ran out of time. LAFC ran out of time in this one, but they were dominant late in that match. And LA LA Galaxy had no answers really for that. Again, unfortunate maybe in the end, but also credit to the Galaxy. Games are 90 plus minutes and they won. And and they deserve that for getting two early goals. But the way LAFC are playing, especially in the second halves, no complaints. He's using the substitutions great. They're performing well. They're getting a, a response from a lot of players on this team, which is good to see, especially early in Steve's, uh, in, in his uh, taking over this club and his uh, time with the club. So you love to see that they're responding quickly and and early in his tenure here to really to build something. I mean, it's a tough loss. You're still top the Western Conference on 13 points. Dave? We've talked a lot about Brian Rodriguez, you and I together. Uh, he comes out of that match early. How do you think that affected the match? Because I feel like if we would have had a Brian Rodriguez in that match, healthy one, it would have been a, 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 the complexion would have been a little different. Sure. I think we saw as Tuzuri Shirati get very, very much more comfortable in those last 30 minutes, let's say, as the game really opened up, you know, LAFC pushing forward. But he wasn't really comfortable early in that one necessarily. And it's not his role. He's not necessarily expecting certainly to get in that early by any means he's got it on his mind that he's going to be a late second half sub so it is tough and it did take a while and I think it did certainly throw off LAFC up front which in Steve's system as we all know really works its way to the back too at times so yeah it was definitely a tough blow anytime you lose a player no question but the thing about Brian Rodriguez is he also keeps Julian Araujo and Raheem Edwards pinned back as well potentially a little bit more and we know that the Galaxy want to get those two involved offensively. So without Brian Rodriguez, maybe it's a little easier for them to get involved offensively and cause us more problems defensively. So, yeah, it was a it was a big loss, especially that early in the match. Well, great stuff, Dave. We always love hearing from you, especially when it, when it comes to VAR. <laughs> I just have to keep saying it because I know how much you hate it. Uh, but you're the best, Dave. Uh, he's the radio voice of LAFC. He's Dave Denholm. Follow him on Twitter and make sure you're listening to his calls because his goal calls are unbelievable. We love you, Dave. Thank you so much for joining the show, and we can't wait to have you back. I love you, too. Thanks to 110 Football for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you, Dave. There he goes, Dave Denholm. We're obviously, this game is too big to just keep moving on, and I think one of the things that uh, a lot of people in the chat and just around Twitter want to talk about is a little bit of the tactical game. So we talked about slow start, and I'm going to lay this on you guys. Each team had five shots in the first half. The Galaxy had two on target, and they scored both their goals. We actually had two big chances as well. We talked about one. Carlos Vela heads it in. It's called back. Carlos Vela hits the post. That's one that you expect him to finish. So was it really a slow start? What were the Galaxy, in your mind, doing? And then we'll we'll flip to the second half where we seem to get better. Well, I think piggybacking off of, you know, the conversation that we were just having around slow starts and then looking at some of the comments, I think – What's important is like, we can be pragmatic. Maybe Steve wants to be more pragmatic at the beginning of a game and not leaving us exposed, you know, by just going all out in those first Mm -hmm. couple of minutes. But that doesn't mean that you lack urgency and you switch off. I think there's a lack of concentration 
that's more significant than a slow start per se. Because when you really look at it, we have early chances, but we don't put them away. That's a lack of concentration. And then also not marking Chicharito, that's a lack of concentration. So it's not so much that we don't come out. And I think maybe that asking the team to be more pragmatic is getting lost in translation. And they're thinking, okay, we need to be relaxed. You can't be relaxed. You still have to be urgent and be present. And maybe it's just a little bit of that, like that misconception around what is pragmatic. You know, it's mm -hmm. you still need to be urgent and you still need to be switched on. I, I think like it, it wasn't that slow of a start. I mean, if you looked at the first like minute or two, you had that back heel pass from Carlos to Sifu. He had a shot on Bond right away, and a lot of things started going down right off the bat. LAFC looking like they were going to press real early. But I think with the injury to Brian in the seventh minute, I'm going to quote him a movie or a book. Like it was Lemony Snicket's is a series of unfortunate events because <laughs> Brian gets hurt with his hamstring in the seventh minute. Trainer goes directly to him. What happens? Four minutes later, we have Ismael Tajiri Shradi coming onto the pitch. Now, right off the bat, the tactics and everything gets shifted. The gravitas of the moment, oh my God, we just lost Brian Rodriguez. So everybody's scrambling. And then what happens two minutes after that? Grand Sear gets a, a nice cross into the box, connects with Foxy Loxy Chicharito, Fox in the box. And just like that, he heads it down, Cripo not being able to make a, a save on that. And to find, excuse me, our backs against the wall. One nothing, 13 minutes in. I think that kind of gave the impression that it was a slow start. But you said it. Carlos Vela had a situation in which there was a Galaxy turnover. Mahala had it, passed it over to Vela. Vela had Bond beat. You watch the replay, you want to punch yourself in the face repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly. He had him beat. Why he decided, he, why he just punch it in with a little mustard, I don't know. But I think they did come out red hot. But the Brian injury and everything that happened right after that gave the illusion that we were off to a slow start. So before we go to to the second half, I want to talk about two things that, that are hot topics in the chat. I'll talk about one. I'll let you guys talk about the other one. The other one's Mamadou. Uh, you talked about focus, so I think maybe you talk about Mamadou losing focus there. The one I want to talk about, though, to the chat is why didn't they bring in Chicho? And I think at the 11th minute, so early in the game that you're making that change, if you believe you have a good game plan, which 11 minutes in, I would hope that you haven't already scrapped it and given it away. Brian to Ishmael Tushori Shroudy is a like-for-like -like change. I think that's why Chicho doesn't come in. I don't think it's too much. I mean, yes, Chicho has been dealing with a little bit of an injury, and they want Chicho to be a little bit more involved as he rounds into form in pressing. But I, I just, if I'm giving the benefit of the doubt to the coaching staff and the, the changes they've been able to make, I really think it's just it's just based off that. I like for like, it's so early. If you put in Chicho, you're changing it. Yeah, we can look back in hindsight. Chicho obviously scores in the second half, but would that have been the right call? I don't know if you scrap a game plan that soon. So let's now move to... Mamadou Fall, who we know is an incredible player. He's not even 20 years old yet. Uh, he has a high ceiling. But these little moments yeah. where, I mean, the movement, you, people people got at us in the comments of our post game saying, uh, Galaxy fans, basically. Uh, what, his movement wasn't good? All Chicharito did was just drift and ghost. He didn't, he didn't he zigzag didn't, back yeah. and forth like he did in Portland. And I don't think Mamadou ever looked at him. No. It just felt like maybe... Like Billy has already said, the losing Brian Rodriguez, missing early chances that you're expected to get, and then the intensity of that match against your your bitter rivals just kind of made some of our players, like they kind of look like deer in headlights. And that can happen to a young player, but it's really up to the players around him. I mean, we had Hollingshead back here. We had Murillo back there. They're quite experienced. So I think they need to pick up the slack and make sure that Fall is doing his job. But it's a team thing. You know, maybe Maxime can let him know that somebody's in and around the area, but 
This happens with young players. We've seen it with Fall a couple of times. I don't want to hammer him too much, but there was a lack of focus, and it's not just with the defensive errors, which I think do come with an in a big injury and not um, getting your early chances, but even just the sharpness, you know, Carlos Vela, love him, should be putting that ball in the back of the net. It was just a lack of a lot of things. So fall is definitely in there, but a lot of players, I think you can say that there was moments where there was a lack of focus. I think with a guy like Chicharito, a guy who's very much known for being a poacher in and around the box, I mean, our back line needed to stick to him like Winnie the Pooh would stick to his honey jar just as tightly as possible. And Mamadou Fall, probably this is one of the biggest moments that he's had in terms yeah. of his young career. I mean, he didn't play internationally. Like, he played high school down in Florida and this is the biggest game and so I don't want to just say he's 19 he's uh, excused for that mark but like he's had his games he's shown his moments and he's going to continue to grow and develop if he can take this and, and grow from it like you don't you lose you learn by losing and this could be a great moment for him to capitalize on it and one thing I will say though and seeing him in the early parts of the 110 video seeing games like this really makes me eager to get Eddie Segura back. I, I can't wait to get Steady Eddie on there. We need his presence, his veteran leadership, and his ability to calm and talk to his defenders. So the last thing I want to talk about tactically and touch on it is something that the chat's also saying is teams might have figured us out. I love when people say it. They, they, they feel like teams have... Look, a lot of teams know how teams play. I would say that the Galaxy had a very good game plan. Their game plan was to sit, sit deep, not play too much through midfield because they didn't want to mess with our, our central midfield, uh, and just wait us out. So there was a lot of times where they were able to just switch the ball easily to the next man. The second half, though, and you you touched on this in, in talking about slow starts and being pragmatic versus kind of pedal the metal. You're down two second half. Steve told him, get out there and run. And I think we went more man-to-man -man through the midfield. So really, we're it's, it's a razor's edge. You're risking it by going man-to-man -man in midfield because one guy gets beat, the whole press falls apart. But the ability to step up and press, should we maybe, because that was the way Bob Bradley had the team set up for so long, should we He's just starting kind of like a Ferrari and just hit it. Uh, I, I don't hate a pragmatic start as long as when you get the opportunities, you finish them and you don't lose focus. There were two moments where Mahala did pick the ball off of a Galaxy defender and they both ended in really good chances for Carlos Vela. So we did have opportunities and we should not get rid of our pressing. I think that needs to be present because we're good at it. Mm. And there are moments where you just saw like in defense where there were two LAFC players there marking space, mm -hmm. but not attacking the player that had the ball. There were several times where Raheem Edwards was literally yeah. just running through the team. Mm -hmm. And I'm just thinking, yeah, maybe we do need to go a little bit more man to man. And we did do that. Equally though, I do think you can be pragmatic and not go pedal to the metal but still have those pressing fundamentals because we had those. Had we had scored that first goal where Mahala picked the ball off of the defender and uh, Carlos Vela puts it in the back of the net, I think we have a completely different mindset about around did were we super like just sitting back and like not doing anything. I mean, and there were certain sections of the team that weren't pressing at the right times too. So I'm not completely convinced that Steve said don't press at all. I think we were just disjointed.
Okay. I mean, you, you were right. I mean, Raheem Edwards, you know what's crazy about him? Raheem Edwards was looking like a Raheem Edwards from LAFC early on in the game, hustling but turning the ball over. But then he started playing well. He broke through the midfield. I mean, I think he left Ilya Sanchez at one point, like just high and dry, just going into yeah. the box but not having an opportunity on there. But what's crazy to me is he had that, that hockey-like assist, connecting with Grandsir, Grandsir connecting with an antiquated video game system, that and Sega. And all of a sudden, 31 minutes into the game, boom, down 2 nothing. But Raheem Edwards, Leading Major League Soccer in assists with five as a defender blows my mind. Yeah, well, look, we're going we're gonna to kind of move on here. But, it, it, yeah, it was two things. Raise the intensity, get tight to players, don't just let them waltz through. And then I do think, again, Steve, I said it after the game. I don't think we learned a lot more about LAFC. I still feel like I'm in the same camp where maybe they start a little bit slow. They have been more pragmatic. They're better at finding ways to win. They definitely don't give up late goals. And the one thing you've got to say that's really a feather in the cap of Steve Trundolo is he makes great adjustments. Yeah. And raising the intensity with whatever he said at halftime and then telling his midfielders, get at them. Let's yeah. go man v. man. We don't care what happens. Let's try to see what we can make happen from it. So those are all good signs. I think they can write the ship. But we're going to move on from this game a little bit. So we'll leave the tactics talk there. All right. I think we need a little bit of a palate cleanser. <laughs> yeah. Let's move from the action on the pitch to what players do off of it. This week's class of 22 asked the question, what's one non-footballing thing people don't know about you? Mi nombre, mi primer nombre, nadie sabe. Paul. Nadie sabe. Me conoces como Brian o no? Sí, Paul Brian. Probably I like to read a lot in my spare time. Me gusta los videojuegos, FIFA. Aunque ya no me dejan jugar, pero el bebé no deja jugar, pero sí. My name uh, initially was Ilya, ended with A. Growing up, it was uh, easier with um, ending it with E, so I changed it to Ilya. That's something I've never explained on record, so. That's for you. Watching anime. Naruto, um, Demon Slayer, One Piece. Cuando no, cuando no entreno, tenemos libre, pues me quedo todo el día en la cama. No hago nada, la verdad. No hago nada. I don't know how to ride a bike. You don't know how to ride a bike? Yeah, surprise you, huh? Que soy muy sentimental. Soy muy sentimental. Pues no me gusta llorar, pero los sentimientos se pueden expresar de muchas maneras. Y soy muy sentimental en familia. Who knew we had so many guys with secret names? <laughs> Ilias, Ilya, Paul, Paul Brian. Brian? <laughs> I'm gonna call him Paul next. Paul time Bear Brian. See if he says anything. <laughs> no, he's not even gonna look. He's probably gonna think you're assuming uh, team yeah, security. Team, Paul. Head of team security, Paul. Uh, all right, guys, we're gonna get back into that game that you guys so badly want to talk about. It's time for LFC player ratings. We know how seriously you guys take these things. That's why Philly and I have decided before the show that we'd let Jessica do it. Oh yeah. And she'll take all the heat. But it's mostly because Jessica can take it and. We're delicate, Philly and I. We, we really are. So, Jessica, please tell everyone your player ratings. Let's start where we always start, at the back. Yeah. You're going to start with Maxime Capo and then right to the defense, and then Philly and I will try to interject as we do, although you seem very – you're focused. I'm ready. Yeah. Okay, so I, I don't – I'm not like Max. I'm not scared to do this. Okay. <laughs> wow, wow. So, <laughs> Happy Max birthday, Bredo's by the way, on his birthday Bredo. catching strays. Oh, the big 5-0 for Bredo. <laughs> All right, what do you got? What so, do you got for um, uh, Maxime Cropo? So 
I'm going to I'm just going to say this right off the bat. Six is kind of average for me. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to start with a, a seven. No, a six and a half for Maxime Kripo. Okay. I, I, we can't give him too high of a score because obviously there's no clean sheet. No uh, shades either. But mm. he was just okay. Like, I don't think he did anything wrong. He had some good saves, but like it wasn't his best performance, but equally it wasn't the yeah. defense's best performance. Um, Zero how, saves. Though. Zero saves, yeah. Zero saves. Shots on target. But he did, did some good sweeper keeper. He did, things. he did. He wasn't bad. Um, Holling said, I think he really struggled in the beginning. Um, he's just not a right back. Yeah, he's not a right back. So he's he's right footed. But he's right footed. Drives me crazy. Yeah. He's, oh. He was playing out of position. He's too experienced, in my opinion, to have had such a difficult time in that match. He just seemed a little bit off of it, lack of focus. And both goals, like the beginning of them, came from his side. So unfortunately, um, I'm going to have to give him a five. Okay. He did have one big save, though. He sort of bailed Cripo out of a nasty situation early on in that first half. That's that at least worth a point. That was a right? good save. <laughs> Fine, fair enough. I think five is good enough. Keep so um, I don't think Mario was poor. Um, I think fall was maybe a little bit less, but um, I think it was just an average performance from him. Uh, so I'm going to give Mario a, a six. Okay. Um, and then I'm going to give Mamadou fall um, a five. I think he struggled just like Hollings said, and um, he was very much like a key focus for Chicharito's goal. He just wasn't anywhere to be found. Um, cheeky, give him a, a six as well. Like the whole back line was just average to yeah. below average. It just, but then after that, the Galaxy didn't have a lot of chances. No. So you really, right. you know what I mean? It's it's difficult. Jessica, stern but fair. Yeah. Stern but fair. The chat is is in on you. You're doing a much better job than Max Bredos already. <laughs> All right, know, right? Mo moving along to the midfield. Let's see if we can get some better scores here. <laughs> um, Sifu, I think was a little bit anonymous in a way. Like, I don't think he really imposed himself on the game as much as I would have liked him to, but equally, don't think the midfield imposed themselves enough. Mm. So um, he's going to get get a, um, just a six. Okay. Um, Sanchez wasn't at his sparkling best again. I thought he wasn't, he had a goal against Orlando, but this game he didn't have the goal, but had a similar performance. I thought he struggled on defense as well. So I'm gonna give him a uh, five and a half. Luis Reyes is giving you a shout out for for less decimal places. Because <laughs> <laughs> Jessica doesn't hedge. She's not hedging her bets here. Now somebody who did sparkle in this game was Kellen Acosta. Yeah. Um, he was really good. The service in for Vela's disallowed goal, the header was amazing. And then just the entire game, he was he was into it. Like he was he was sharp where a lot of players were were mm. not. So um, I'm going to give him a seven and a half, um, especially because we haven't seen a particularly good performance from him like this season so far. Brian Rodriguez kind of give him a not um, not applicable. Yeah, yeah, not fair. Um, fair. Apoku, um, if Vela scores that goal, I think we have a different thought about his performance. He had two really good pressing sequences that could have led to goals if if Vela had put it one away, but and Vela was not offside. That being said, he was offside quite a bit, which mm -hmm. just kind of led to his lack of focus and maybe just a little bit of tactical naivety. So, um, Mahala, I'm going to give him a six. Fair. Bella. This, were, this is where I think a lot of people are going to vary because I've already been seeing in the chat some people saying Bella didn't look interested. He had mm. five shot creating actions. Yeah. I mean, Most to not be in interested, game. I mean, come on. No, to he, not be interested, he could have had a hat trick. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Um, I, I don't want to. But he could have had a hat trick. So how do you rate him have. there? I wouldn't. I would be very uh, cautious about saying that somebody doesn't care because we mm -hmm. don't know what they're thinking. Um, but Vela, 
should be on side, I think. I think he should finish that chance. Mm -hmm. So, um, again, he's just going to be uh, probably a seven. Okay. I'm going to give him a seven. Blessing. I think if um, he scores those goals, obviously he's like a 10. Obviously he's a 10. He's 11, yeah. you know. Um, okay, so to, sub came in. some subs came in. Tajori Shroudy, um, I actually think he was okay. Like, I think grew he, into he, it. he grew into it, and then he became one of the uh, good performers off of that left-hand side. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give him a 7. Uh, Blessing off of the bench. Could have had a goal. Very, very kind of like energetic. Should have had bench. a goal, as yeah. we had talked about with Dave Tenholm and now everyone in the chat. Blessing should have had a goal. Yeah. Seven. Um, and Chicho. Actually, he did have a goal. Uh, he did have a goal. Seven and a half. Seven and a half. So there you go. Anything egregious there, Philly? No, I mean, I, I would agree, and I think everybody in the chat agrees. So for, for a change, we're actually all in sync with each other. Uh, I would do, I would say Vale have definitely had the best game out of everybody. I mean, you know, it's crazy. So his contract, and we're going to talk about that on Expansion Mansion, the contract talks. I mean, with Tom Bogart. With Tom Bogart, yes, a very big name in the world of Major League Soccer. Um, for a guy who's only played, what, like 19 out of the last 56 games over the course of the last two years, he is coming out hot, and he does look like he cares to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was part of every single opportunity that we had or got taken away. So we want that. This is a moment in which he was going up against his boy, Chicharito. I mean, they hugged it out. We finally got a chance to see that three years in the making. But, yeah, it was, again, like Lemony Snicket's, a series of unfortunate events. We should have had a point. But to your points and all, everything you did there, I'm on. I'm 100% in. You know, my Great take stuff. is, uh, and we wiped it off the screen, but Jessica's signature, 10 out of 10. That's a oh, yeah. fire signature. Been working on Just it. Just going to say, that, that looks good. Isn't it cute? Yeah, no, right. I love it. I look ask, like I write with my feet. I'm going to ask Jessica <laughs> for an autograph after the show. Look at that. That's strong. That's true. If you see Jessica at Bank of California Stadium, you ask her for an autograph because you're going to want that one. Yeah. All right. So it's time for a segment where we dive deep into the player psyches, um, the LAFC players. We're going to do our best to imagine what the players were thinking at full time on Saturday in a game we'd like to call LAFC Roleplay. Ooh, Philly, I think you are up first. I'm terrified. So this is our chance. This is our, look, we're not going to get all these players all the time. We get to talk to them from time to time. But this is our chance to ask them questions and then figure out what they might say. So, Philly, you're up first. Who are you? All right. I'm going to end the mystery. I have no idea who I am, you so you're, you're all going to find it out at the same time. Yep, nobody does. I'm going to show you guys, then I'm going to look myself. Okay. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, okay. Ooh. <laughs> You're Chicho Arango. Oh, 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 the irony. Well, I'm going to start it off and ask the question that uh, everyone in the chat's been asking. Should you have been subbed in sooner? I think I should have. I think if I would have come in maybe five, ten minutes earlier, it wouldn't have made as much of a difference. But either way, I was coming in hot. I was going to score a goal. I was going to score a goal. It was my mission to score a goal today. <laughs> it was my mission. So now that Brian Rodriguez is out, Chicho, is it your time to kind of step in? Do you think it's your moment? And will you step up? Well, first and foremost, now that Brian is gone, I have the best hair game on the pitch. Mm. That goes without saying. And, <laughs> and I am eager to prove myself. I was the leading scorer for this team last year. And I am hungry to get back on there. Yes, I caught COVID early on when I was with Columbia. Yes, I took an injury knock during practice. But I'm hungry and eager to score more goals for LAFC and help this club win. Is it gel or pomade? Uh, gel on my on my party nights, pomade on my game days. Oh, okay. strong. So, Chicho, you, you score that goal by being more of a true number nine, although we've known you to kind of move out to the side. You, you like to do a little bit of it all. Are we going to see maybe the renaissance of Chicho as just a true number nine? Whatever it's going to take, I am going to help my teammates 
in whatever way I can. If they need me on the wing, I'm going to do it. If I need to be a number nine, I'm going to do that as well. If I need to have beautiful assists like I had to Brian in the previous games, I'm going to do that as well. It's going to be whatever it takes to help this team win. And by the way, do you like my hair? I love your hair, Chicho. It's good to hear from Chicho slash Philly. <laughs> uh, we'll move on there, and I think it's my turn. So let's see. Let's see who I've got. Oh. Oh, the game changer. Huh. All right, what do you got for me? Well, T, first and foremost, like what prompted you to get a haircut? Uh, speed, bro. Gotcha. That's, that's what I do. That's part of my game. Speed and quickness. You can't cut sharp if you got the, the flow behind you. Well, on a scale of 1 to 10... How much do you hate VAR? Blessing. Uh, you know what, what the worst part about VAR is? I'm the game changer. This is what I do. And then for them to think that they're the game changer, to completely erase that that result, how dare they? Just how dare they? All my all my fans up there in the stands, all like 2,000 of them in black and gold. I mean, it was like a 50-50 crowd out there. And I was going to send all those people home happy. And then they just had to make them sad. And I don't like when people are sad. What was the story about hugging John McCarthy the way you did? Uh, John McCarthy is a phenomenal individual. He's from Philly. Um, he's very funny. Uh, he's not a great dresser, as he will attest to. <laughs> uh, but him and I, we get along We get along really well. Look, I get along with everyone. Again, I try to keep people happy. That's my thing. My question to you would be, do you feel that you have the biggest impact on this team starting or coming off the bench? Ooh, that's a tough question. I, I'm a game changer. So I'll do whatever the coach wants me to do, but I'll tell you what. I do have the biggest impact as of late, so I should be getting maybe a little bit, little bit more of an eye towards a start. I did well, get one start this, so far this season, but. Soccer USA says you need to be starting over Sifu, so we have a sense of urgency. Sifu can co come in later to right the ship. What are the qualities that you have that maybe Sifu doesn't have, you know? Because I, I think some people are like, what does Latif do? Mm -hmm. Hey, look, I. I want to just say this first and foremost. I don't make that decision. Uh, Coach Steve does, and I, I trust him with those decisions. I will say this. Where me and Sifu differ and where you feel like he might be anonymous is I'm able to work in and out of tight spaces. I don't need much room to take a pass, get around two or three guys, and move it along. And, and Sifu's having some trouble these days finding space because he really likes to dribble. Not me. I can cut guys up. I'll chop them up. I'll get the play moving. So, yeah, I, I like to uh, play in the tighter spaces, and I think early on in a game, that's when maybe I can thrive. But, again, I'm the game changer. All right. That's enough, Latif. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Never enough, Latif. All right, Jess, you're up. You are. Ooh. You're Carlos Bell. Oh, hell yeah. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. Sorry, I didn't finish my chance. Um, Preemptive. We didn't even ask him a question. Yeah. He's already coming out hot. <laughs> that's that's just a captain. Um, I, I feel like I should have put that ball in the back of the net that hit the post. If I do that, I think we think about the game a little bit differently. Equally, I'm hearing people say that I don't look interested. You got to remember my age, guys. You got to <laughs> remember you need to save my legs. I'm not going to be pressing like maybe I did in the past. And that's a part of managing my minutes and keeping me fresh. So it's up to the other guys that are flanking me and Mahala and Brian ready when he's fit and Chicho to kind of do that work so that I can be fresh to do what I do best. Uh, the chat is sending in tons of questions for our captain number 10, Carlos. I'm gonna go with Gomez's. Are you more upset, Carlos, that you lost the game? Or are you more upset that you lost against your friend, Chicharito? Um, well, I'm a team guy, so obviously losing the game from a team perspective is is the is the biggest thing. But it never feels good to lose to a friend. 
um, especially, you know, because we have such a big rivalry and it's also a derby. So I think I'm mad about both, but obviously for the team because um, I'm a big part of this team and that's what I care about. I'm going to steal this off of Hector Gonzalez. Carlos, was this your last Clásico Angelino? Yeah, uh, Tom, <laughs> talk to Tom Bogart at, um, <laughs> at 4 o'clock. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Um, I hope not. <laughs> are you Are you still the best player in this matchup? Chicharito's taken off a little of your shine. Uh, you have scored the most goals in this LAFC Galaxy rivalry. So are you still the best player or is someone taking your crown? Well, see, this is where being clinical is the most important. I think I had more of an impact from my team and had I put my chances away, not been offside twice, I could have had a hat trick, but Chicharito put away the one chance that he had. And so in this game, he was better because that's what matters, scoring the goals and putting him in the back of the net. But on a different day, I'm the guy walking away with the crown and Chicharito leaves with his uh, tail between his legs. So it's, it's just how the day went. Okay. So, well, you're off the hot seat, Jessica slash Carlos. Huh. Je Jessica Vela. Role play, yay. <laughs> role play. We got to do role play more often. I have a lot of fun doing that. That was fun. Doing that. I hope that and you guys sending in your questions for the people in role play was very cool. So we'll do them with that more often. Yeah, and speaking of questions, obviously we prompted you earlier. There was many of them that came on before the show got started. We should get into that Q&A and maybe we could address some on there. If you got some other questions to ask us, fire away. You got X's and O's here with, with Jess and Vince and you've got feelings with Philly. So hey, fire those questions away. Well, we want all kinds just, of questions too. You know what I just realized is that I made that video and I put it on my Instagram and my Twitter, and then I turned off my phone. So how huh. am I supposed to know what questions you guys sent in? At least you didn't drop yours in the bathtub like I did earlier today. <laughs> uh, last week, I did the same thing, except for I put it way off the side of the stage. Uh, there was <laughs> one that I don't think was, was meant for this uh, initially. Piron. Uh, but but I, I really like this question. Could Vela end up at the Galaxy? You oh. guys answered that. I'll tell you why it can't happen. Why it probably can't happen. No, no, no way in hell. There's, there's no way that that would. Ha oh my God! Just the thought of that irks me. There's no way. You want to talk about the ultimate kick to the gut? Him going there. No. If anything, he could go to Europe. He could go to Miami. Fine with that. He goes down the 110 to Galaxy. Forget it. No more Carlos <laughs> Vale in my eyes. Don't even mess with my emotions that way. Yeah, and I, I honestly don't think it's actually technically possible. And Tom Bogart can tell us more about this at 4 p.m. Uh, but the way Carl, even though Carlos is a free agent in the world of football, he's not a free agent in the world of MLS. Yes. So it makes that 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 much tougher. I think the only way he could become a Galaxy player is if he was traded. And uh, ah. I can't imagine what it would be like to be the GM that traded Carlos Vela to your biggest rival. So there, there you have it. Uh, let's see what else we got. Well, if Bret Hart went to WCW, Vela can go to Carson. Oh, well, he wanted to stay. To, wait, can you explain to us what even that means? What's a Bret Hart? What's a WCW? So Bret, so Bret the Hitman Hart was uh, an awesome professional wrestler in the WWF. He wanted to stick around with Vince McMahon and company, but he was getting lured by Ted Turner and the rival WCW. And so he wanted to stick around, but he wanted to get his pay. Vince said, hey, go over there and get your money and that'll be fine. Maybe you come not this back Vince. here. No, not that Vince. But yeah. all right, just to kind of address that, there's no way it would happen because that would mean Vela would have to get more money going to Carson. And is Vela worth more money in the Galaxy next year than he is with LAFC? I don't think so. Anyways, I get excited when I see wrestling stuff. So here's, thanks for that question. Here's uh, a good question from Benjamin Rodriguez saying, if Escobar is still not ready to start, who should start at right back? I personally haven't loved Hollingshead at right back. I Do still think it's Hollingshead. It's Hollingshead. 
we don't have a, a really good option. It, but Holly said, he look, he he's had some trouble. I think when you switch sides, you played on the left for so long, and he, when he plays on the left, he's he's more inverted. He likes to come more central, so the angles are totally different. Yeah. I would say though, he's looked only bad really against Orlando, who's a who's a very good team. We we know that now that they're a very good team, and then Galaxy, this rivalry match, who I, I do think the Galaxy have become a better team. Yeah. I think against the better teams, it's tough to have Hollingshead step into the that position. Um, but against just kind of your run of the mills, I, I still think he's he's a good right back. So I, I would say like if he can't go against Sporting KC, who's having struggles, or, or if Escobar can't go against Sporting KC, I still think it's it's Hollingshead at right back. Yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, if you don't have really another option, there's no reason to galaxy brain it and start moving other players into those positions. Let him work it out. If Sporting KC is not as good of a team as the ones that we've been playing, he should be just fine, mm -hmm. like Vince has already said. And there's another question that kind of ticked up. I, I can't see it, but I, I saw somebody asking about Ilya and will he see this uh, match? Game. Huh. Yeah, will it be like a grudge match or just the run of the mill? I mean, anytime you have a team that just lets you go after you've given your heart for them, you're going to have that chip on your shoulder. And then they bring in a guy and he gets injured. Yeah. And then they bring in another guy and they dismiss him one game into the season. Like, if I'm Ilya, I'm like, wow, you guys, I don't know. Would it, would it still bother you? I would be like, well, they made they made their bed. Not my problem. Well, I mean, he's <laughs> obviously being embraced here in L.A. He had a fantastic goal last week. And I... I still, it would be amazing for him. And I think, and this is my bold prediction, I think he's going to get in the scoring column one way or another on Sunday against Sporting Kansas City, whether it be an assist or whether it be a goal. I think the moment is going to be some time where he's going to want to shine and he's going to take care of business for us. Because he has been good this season. He's been one of the most solid yeah. pickups next to Maxime Kripo. He's super level-headed when you talk to him. Yeah. So that makes me think that, like, behind closed doors, he's, like, ultra-competitive. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think he's going to turn up. I really do. Oh, I mean, um, I know I will. <laughs> <laughs> there's, you guys, uh, just to go, I guess, go back to that right-back conversation. There's a lot of people in the in the comment section asking about Kim Moon-Wan. Do we let him go too early? Because now we don't have something different. And if we're not feeling super comfortable about Hollingshead, which that was one person's mm -hmm. um, opinion. I don't know how you guys, I'm not, I know how you feel, Vince, but... What about Kim Moon-Wan? Did we let him go too early? Or? No, I, I, oh, you want to talk? No, go ahead. Go I was going to say, I think the price was right, obviously. I mean, we got Walker Zimmerman-esque money for Kim Moon-Wan, somebody yeah. who wasn't going to be utilized nearly what we utilized Walker for. And at the same time, we're in a World Cup year. You know, this is him going back to the K-League is going to be his way of cracking that Korean roster. So I think it's actually a really good thing for both parties. Essentially, we pick, we pick up seven figures. He picks up the more playing time and the ability to play in the World Cup. And Escobar is close. He trained all week. I think he could have played some minutes in this game if they really needed him. Uh, he couldn't go a full game. But remember, this is a salary cap league. So even if they were going to get, they let Kim Moon Wong go, they kind of had to to kind of move some stuff around. And if they do fill another person, another player into right back, I think you're going to look at more of like a 20-year-old prospect, someone low. Because look, if you got Escobar as your one, then Hollingshead as your two at right back, and then you've got a, a, a prospect as your three, that's, that's the ideal way to feel that, fill that position. I don't think they got to go big. Uh, I think once Escobar's back, yes, it's, it's troubling that he had to spend some time out, um, but he tried to push it because it was early in the season and he thought he could go. Uh, I guess now the medical staff will know. Maybe we hold him out when he feels a little something. Uh, but I think, I think they're okay and right back. And I know Gomez is asking about, well, could we go to a back three? I would say anything's on the table, though, once Eddie comes back. We've already yeah. seen them go to a back three for – a hot second, I believe uh, they did it against Colorado. Uh, and I think they also kind of did it a little bit against Vancouver. So Hollingshead can play as a wing back. 
you can do a lot of things. Obviously, Escobar can play both as a wing back or a right-sided center back. There's a lot of interesting options, but I don't think we have to worry. I don't think there's any panic buys that we need to make or we need to really be too critical of when we let Kim Moon-Wong go. Yeah. How close is Eddie Segura to coming back? He's in, he's in most of training. Um, so that means, I think, for a player that's been out for so long, you got to get him maybe a few weeks yeah. in the full training to really get the feeling yeah. of uh, the pressure, get your legs under you, get the blood pumping. You know, your lungs are probably screaming. And then I think next thing is to sub him in for maybe like five, ten minutes of the yeah. game, just see how he feels, and then you move on. Yeah. I can't yeah. wait. We have to be careful, though, to rely on him. Obviously, he's coming back from an injury that mentally yeah. a lot of athletes can't come back from. I mean, those ACLs are big deals. Yeah. All right, guys, thank you so much for the questions. We're going to now move on to stoppage time. By this time, by this point, I don't need to explain it to you. So let's just go straight into stoppage time. And Philly, you are up first. What is your stoppage time topic? So I'm going to say the atmosphere at Dignity Health Sports Park was probably the best it's ever been in years. I've been at every single Derby game, with the exception of the Zlatan game. And that Galaxy can downplay the fact that, oh, this is only our sixth game of the season. Hogwash. I've been to Diggs plenty of times. I've never seen an atmosphere like I have this past weekend. And another thing that was really cool about it was the fact that there were so many LAFC supporters at the Diggs. And I'm not even talking about the people that's the North End folks that sat in Section 228. All around, there was LAFC support. One could argue maybe it was 55-45 in terms of Galaxy versus LAFC, but they've never had that ruckus of an environment. They don't even sell as many season tickets as Angel City does. So that was a really good environment and a boost to AEG's bottom line. You're welcome. Nice. I'm just going to... M, M. Dorn, except for the internet. Internet's no good there, as Jessica and I pointed out. We didn't get to do a post-game show. But hopefully you guys watched the, the recorded one that we did. Unfortunately, it wasn't live. Yeah. Jessica, you're up with stoppage time. Yeah, so my stoppage time is don't make one loss become two, three losses on the bounce. This was a difficult game because it wasn't just a loss. It was a loss against your bitter rivals. We had some some issues. We weren't really clicking. We weren't really firing on all cylinders. We have a big injury to a key player as well. And the way that the game concluded with what seemed like an equalizing goal that if we had gotten out of there with a draw, we would have felt so different. We didn't have that. We actually we ended up losing the game in a very dramatic fashion. And sometimes with a team that's still trying to settle down, that could make it way bigger than what it actually needs to be. So for me, I'm looking at this team like, just forget about it. We played a really difficult game away from home against Orlando. We won that game. We didn't win this one. And it was another tough road match per se. Just put it behind you, move on. We're still a really good team. And against Sporting KC, that's a really good home match to reset. You know, we'll be at home, we'll be in front of our home crowd, the 3252, and we just move forward. There's going to have to be somebody that steps up in Brian Rodriguez's absence. Hopefully that's Chicho Arango, who did get a goal and seems like he's getting into the groove of things. We're fine. There's no reason to freak out. Steve, he's been making really good decisions this entire season, and I would hope for that, that to continue. We don't need to capitulate. We don't need to freak out. It's one loss. We're still top of the Western Conference. Very good team still not even at their maximum. So just make one loss, one loss, leave it behind you, and let's win against Sporting KC. Well yeah. played, well let's said. Go, let's go back to the days where we would lose a game and then go on a run of like five unbeaten. I'm yeah. Days. yeah, I do too. My stoppage time is your guys' favorite topic. It's referees. But I'm going to make a more overarching uh, comment on referees. 
MLS wants to be a league of choice. It wants to be a top league in the world. You're not going to be that with the referees you have currently. The inconsistency is too much. We don't know what they're thinking from game in to game out. They apply certain rules and not others, and then pat themselves on the back for how well they were able to end a game uh, by making their own decision. It, it's just weird. I'll say this, MLS has done a lot of great things and it's come kind of in phases. Look, we went out there, we started to get better players and we spend more money for not just the aging players, but the younger players around the world. Then came the stadiums. We've got some very beautiful soccer specific stadiums that are loud and fun to be at. After that, coaching. Coaching had to get better and we do have a lot of great coaches, a lot of smart minds in this league. The next thing that's got to fall, the next domino, and I know MLS is thinking, the TV deal. No, <laughs> it's referees. You need to get this under control. We need a consistency. If you think that Spain, Germany, Italy, England could have referees like this and still be a league like that, you've got another thing coming because either the fans would have burned down the stadiums or the players would have murdered one of these referees. And I apologize for using the M word there, but it is getting a little bit out of hand here. So MLS... I know you brought in Howard Webb, but there's got to be something. I, I need maybe more dignitaries from Germany, from those big leagues, more referees to come in and really look at this because as of right now, the inconsistency is driving us crazy and it's just it's just making a bad product all around. Yeah, you know, Vince, you're talking about, you know, Italy. I know you're a big fan of Juventus and Serie A. You know, a lot of people can say we got, you know, screwed in this game. Any 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 Harkness, anything back to the Calcio Poli days? Anybody bought off? Any refs bought off? Inquiring uh, minds would like to know, Vince. Well... I'd like to tell, I'd like to do a history lesson on Calciopoli and it'll take an hour. Uh, but if you guys would like to, no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I, I, we can't talk about Calciopoli. I, I, uh, don't even get me started. <laughs> Meet us back here in a couple hours for the expansion mansion. Philly will be here. Jessica will be moving along. We'll bring in Mariano. Uh, we'll dive deep into all the big storylines from the past weekend and we'll welcome in MLS writer Tom Bogart to help us understand the Carlos Vela contract situation and much more. More 110 football is coming your way on Thursday as we break down the UEFA Champions League quarterfinals as well as the CONCACAF Champions League semifinals. Jessica will join me and Lauren Susselman for that one. And Easter Sunday, I'll be back at Bank with Connor. I know some people in the chat asking where Connor is. He is alive. <laughs> uh, and the defenders of the bank, Philly and Scarf. I know those guys. Uh, we'll get you set for the LAFC welcoming in, welcoming in Ilya Sanchez's old club. And then, because the internet is good there, <laughs> we will do a post game. Go. Wow, that was a lot. I'll say this. Happy birthday. Happy 50th birthday to Max Bredos. You old man. Thank you for joining us for a show. For this show, you guys got a lot out. I hope it emotionally cleansed you and we can get ready for Therapy. Sporting KC. Yeah, I agree. Lao Tzu, don't look in the past, you'll be depressed. Don't look in the future, you'll be anxious. Live in the moment, you'll be happy. Oh. See y'all later. Don't forget, like the video, subscribe to the channel, share with a friend, and we'll see you Thank guys you. next time. Soy Chicho Rango y estás viendo One Time Football.